I wanted to make a correction for our Orca episode. I stupidly referred to the character Paul as Indian, and I probably should have been saying indigenous the whole time. So I apologize if I offended anybody, um, and I need to update my nomenclature uh, on that front. Um, so hopefully uh, you guys are understanding. Um, I didn't mean any uh, anything bad about it, but yeah. So thank you. Spider, episode 12, Night Feeder. 12 episodes in of Bat and Spider. I am one of your hosts, Dale underscore A. That man over there on the other side of the internet is your other host, Charles Forsman. You can call me Chuck Dale. Great to be back. Another week. Another garbage movie for us to watch. I mean... So at the bottom of the hour here, Night Feeder from 1988, shot on video, another one of those gems. I mean, I hope we didn't just like blow our shot on video wad, but we're <laughs> we're going to talk about the movie at the bottom of the uh, bottom yeah. of the show. We're doing we're recording the show a day late, but my the week has been so long and event filled. I feel like we haven't recorded in two months. Yeah. It, for some reason, it, it's it's just been one of those weeks where it feels like I haven't seen your face, uh, and it hurts. It does hurt, but um, we're here right now, and it let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy each other's gazes while yeah while we're here, Dale. I was looking over my my letterbox watch diary. I've somehow seen a lot of movies this past week since we last talked. Yeah, horror related. I finally watched this movie Frankenstein Unbound, which is. From 1990, starring John Hurt from Alien. He has the uh, alien pop out of his stomach. <laughs> uh, this is one of the weirdest Frankenstein stories I've heard. And it, it's directed by Roger Corman in his first movie in like, I think they said like 10 or 20 years. And also his last movie that he's ever made so far. Well, But he's, he's pretty old, so I don't know if he's going to be coming back ever. Um. And it was like pretty disappointing, uh, actually. It's like, it's a weird thing. It's about a, a a scientist played by John Hurt who's in the future. He's in this like kind of hilarious America future and he's developing this weapon for the government, but it accidentally opens portals up in the sky <laughs> oh. and he gets sucked into this sky hole and he ends up back in the time of Frankenstein. And I guess in this world, Frankenstein really happened because he meets Dr. Frankenstein like eating dinner. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I know you. I'm familiar with your work. And Raul Julia, who plays Dr. Frankenstein, oh my gosh. is like, uh, my work is a secret. No one knows my work. <laughs> so they have this like sort of weird relationship. And the monster's already built, but he's just like running around Switzerland killing people. Um, and the monster looks insane. like. One of the weirdest designs. He's got like two, instead of like the bolts on his neck, he's got these two metal discs coming out of each side of his skull. Oh. And they're huge and his face is like huge. It's kind of weird. Um, and Bridget Fonda's in it. She plays Mary Shelley. Like they've, yeah, they have Mary Shelley in this. She's like a real character. Jason Patrick plays, I think, Lord Byron. And Michael Hutchins from NXS is in it. That's Super That's weird. weird. <laughs> I'm looking at it's, the monster now, and boy, that is like something from Wishmaster or yeah, 
Like that is. It looks like a '90s. Like we're gonna make a new Freddy Krueger, but yeah, it, it's we're just gonna throw all these elements in, but it's too much and it doesn't work. <laughs> Yikes! It's like trying to be too scary, and it's just like looks ridiculous. Um, but I was surprised they kept this. We this poster is famous because it has like the stitched eyes with the different eye colors. <laughs> they actually have that on the monster in the, in oh, the movie. I was like, oh, it's not just a cool poster. Yeah, that's I was gonna say that's I oh that's an iconic cover just because of the eye and the stitched eye. Yeah. It's not great. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but if you're a Frankenstein buff like me, maybe yeah. maybe slot it in. It's an it's interesting. Probably needs to be seen in in terms of Frankenstein canon. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of the weirder ones, uh, especially if you like time travel, <laughs> too. <laughs> I went ahead and I watched the movie Crawl. Oh, this is a newer movie, right? Yeah, that came out last year, and it was uh, produced by Sam Raimi. Alexandra Aha was the director of it. Aha. I know he did... Uh, Piranha 3D, he did Horns, Hills Have Eyes, which is the remake of Hills Have Eyes, which that movie ch- turned my stomach. I mean, that that movie went places. It was I, I, I had never seen the original when I saw that, and the places it went, I just was, I couldn't believe uh, <laughs> where the yeah. depravity. I th- yeah, I, I saw the original as a teenager, and I think uh, that was like, that's enough for me. I don't need to see a remake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, you know, they stepped it all up in the remake, you know, just to uh, <laughs> yeah, just to push it even further. But uh, Crawl was a pretty a pretty good, just a monster movie. It, you know, it was um, about uh, a daughter and a father who get trapped in a, a house's crawl space during a hurricane in Florida and that the crawl space just happens to be like um, because of the hurricane gets filled with alligators you know like a family of alligators and it's a really cool paced movie just just based on the fact that you know these alligators aren't super powered they're not Lake Placid gators they're just man yeah. gators and it was, it was a cool like creature feature and uh that's awesome for this day and age you know i think it's kind of rare you're not getting a whole lot of those so mm-hmm. the ones you do get and if they're good i really i, I really liked it I, yeah. I do i recommend it i think i remember quentin tarantino saying that was like one of his favorites of the year yeah i want to see that I, I i remember seeing when it came out and i like we gotta go see that but it didn't happen for whatever reason dale do you like steve mcqueen steve mcqueen did i just watch him in the blob 1955 yeah. You certainly did. That's one of his early roles. That boy was, uh, I think, 19 in that movie, and he looked like he was 47 years old. Well, in this house, we've been doing a, a Steve McQueen movie marathon. Really? You're, you're telling me that you've done a McQueen-a-thon? Yeah. We're, we're four, four movies deep, and the only reason we're not watching another one is because I'm recording this. Wow. But we did Bullet, Cincinnati Kid, The Getaway, and last night we did The Thomas Crown Affair. And I got to tell you, all four bangers, like I, all of them, recommend. Wow! To anyone, they're so good. Um, I've seen Cincinnati Kid before, but the other three were new to me somehow. <laughs> I knew about the Getaway and Thomas Crown Affair in the '90s because they remade those. Yeah. Um, but um, 
And I think that, so I guess they kind of, I feel like this remake sometimes overshadow the original. Mm-hmm. Especially for, you know, oh, man. But, gen- our generation who wasn't yeah. watching the originals, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like the best of them probably was Bullet. Like we, we were not prepared for this. Like we knew it was famous. It had like one of the earliest like realistic car chases. Mm-hmm. I knew about that much about it. I know I had Steve McQueen. He's awesome. But man, this movie, uh, uh, it was all, Steve McQueen himself was obsessed with getting realism on the screen. So he was playing a detective, Um, but they would like, they would like focus on every detail of the the investigation. Like one of the weirdest parts was like, like it it was made in 1968, um, but there was like this like fax machine thing in the detective's office. And there's this scene where like, four detectives are standing there staring at this like um, ancient fax machine waiting for this thing to come uh-huh. in to see who their suspect, what their suspect looks like, the killer. Um, and it's this kind of long scene, but it's like, it's cool. Cause it's like, it's all about the details. And, and so much of the movie, I could see like modern audiences being annoyed because it, like they would call it boring mm. because it's like just Steve McQueen doing stuff like, like waking up and like making yeah. his coffee like making instant coffee next to his bed and he puts this little wire that's plugged into the wall into the coffee to heat it up. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, and it's just like, like a, a scene of him, like going to the corner store to buy groceries. Like there's just like, it's that kind of thing where I feel like at the time it was, it was like, wow, who would put this stuff in a movie? Mm-hmm. Like, but to me, that's like the most, that's one of my favorite things about movies is watching people live their lives and do stuff to me that is like endlessly fascinating I love especially that. when they're such you know they they could be such a fascinating character outside of those typical yeah. mundane activities you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I yeah humans are just i think we just find humans interesting yeah. to watch yeah. you know it's it's kind of voyeuristic in a way um but yeah man bullet and the car chase oh Amazing. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm putting this on my to watch list because I had yeah. no idea. I knew about. I know about a car chase. I know about the cover, the slash movie mm-hmm. poster, and I know what the bullet Mustang. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, I know Mustang, about yeah. it, but that's yeah. that's all I yeah. know. Yeah. No, it's a. That's that's a an all timer for me now. Like that's like right yeah. up there. I love that oh, movie. Okay. I yeah. um. Other other than that, Chuck, I mean, I've I watched a couple other things, a couple of westerns, Ford versus Ferrari, which was okay. Um, oh, cool! I've been I, I got back into World of Warcraft. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, podcast I'd is probably, over. I'll probably edit this out. <laughs> because, no, don't, uh, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I just re- I'm just revisiting an old love. Speaking of old loves, I, I I hate to keep front loading this episode of what we're not talking about for the episode. <laughs> Night feeder, we're getting to it. But I got my I finally got my vinegar syndrome shipment in, and in that was the 4K release of Rad. Have you ever heard of Rad? I tell you, uh, Chuck. I will tell you. I have heard of Rad, and I know it's about bikes. Watching this again was just pure pleasure. I couldn't believe it was like it was like experiencing like dreams like I had as a child. Mm-hmm. Like just seeing these like certain scenes would just like 
light up parts of my brain that hadn't been lit up since I was like six, you know? It was very it was a very cool experience <laughs> to go back uh and and watch this. That's so um, great. Yeah. And it and it's actually like a really good like kind of family fun sports movie. Hmm. Like it's it's and there's a little girl who swears. Like that's her thing, which I'm I'm always a big <laughs> fan of. His like the main character's little sister, she always <laughs> swears. It's great. Like the big scene is like the big famous scene is they um is this like it's at the prom, but the Lori Laughlin and the main dude, um Bill Allen, I think is his name, they do freestyle bike performances and they're wearing like black shirts with like diamond encrusted oh things. God. Like the disco ball and all these lights. So they're like in a dark gym and everyone's watching them, you know, but doing their crazy bike tricks. It's beautiful. It's I just amazing. got tingles thinking about how <laughs> I would react to that scene, not knowing anything about it, but and the song they use, oh, it's perfect. It's it's also apparently one of my favorite one of my favorite comedies is Hot Rod, the Andy Samberg mm-hmm. movie. And this is apparently like was what they got inspired by was this movie, which makes a lot yeah. of sense. Wow. Remember that, uh, the prom scene in Angus? Did you ever see Angus? God, Never. It's such a beautiful movie. A feel good movie. I want to see it. Um, that prom scene. Talk about prom scenes. It's good. I remember, wasn't there a Green Day song on the soundtrack? There was. And in the trailer, <laughs> uh, Angus would say, I'm still here, Adnoid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and the Shermanator would say, Go for it, Angus. Because Shermanator, like, sold him out, you know, and, like, basically, like, carried him, you know, carry from Stephen King's carry, like, yeah. And it was bad, but you know, it's a feel good movie in the end. Oh, no. Anyway, can we get into this movie? Let's get into it. Night Feeder from 1988. 88, directed by Jim Whiteacre. Chuck, what's Night Feeder about? <laughs> Night Feeder is about a mystery. Mm, it is. There is a killer on the loose in this neighborhood. In I, I, I was confused. Is it supposed to be New York or LA or San Francisco? <laughs> it's San Francisco. Okay. Um, you could tell it's San okay. Francisco because of the Anchor Steam beer that's served when... Uh, oh yeah (laughs) yeah because i thought i was like this is new york this is clearly new york like the whole movie until i saw the anchor steam beer i was like oh wait it's supposed to be san francisco okay (laughs) anyway the basic gist of this guy there's a killer on the loose in this one neighborhood in san francisco and our main character is a reporter for a magazine and she's doing a story on fear (laughs) I think. Yeah. Is that the line she kept saying? Doing a story on fear and yes. something? Something? Chuck, uh, yeah. Yes, maybe. Sorry. I didn't take any notes um, for this. I'm going to sorry. This, I'm trying. I'm trying to get this synopsis out. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. There's a killer on the loose. This reporter lady and a detective are trying to figure it out. They basically have no leads. Everyone's sort of scared. They're not, everyone in the neighborhood doesn't seem to want to talk about it. But people just keep dropping like flies. There's a crappy new wave punk band that plays. Um, and there's a shocking end uh, to what has actually been killing people. Um, and a red herring that I'm not, qu- 
quite sure I understand. I might ask Dale mm. to maybe uh, <laughs> explain this movie a little bit to me. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of your general. It's a slow burn. I think I read a review of this on Letterboxd, and someone was like, "This is the slowest of the slowest burns," mm. um, because they don't really they don't really give you anything to chew on as far as what the killer is in this until really close to the end i think i'm actually glad so this is obviously going to be a spoiler filled discussion um oh yeah so uh, even if you listen go back and watch it but be spoiled um yeah so yeah that's good that i have some uh, you know backup you read that it's a slow it's a slow slow burn of a movie uh i think it's probably due to you know them having four cast members and no budget (laughs) But it's all yeah. conversation based. The whole movie is just conversations, I, and I say that in a that sounds yeah. mean. Um, whatever you, whatever you you think you are watching and uh, your opinion is forming of this movie, the last two minutes make up for everything. In terms of like, yes, you might think you're having a crummy time. You might you might be wondering when the movie is going to end, which I did. I kept checking the time and I still had like 45 minutes left or something but the last two minutes more than make up for it yeah the last two minutes you're like you remember oh this is probably why i put this movie yeah i almost wish that the uh the (laughs) movie poster didn't have what it had i know i know i because it i mean i i probably would have had a similar experience as far as like being bored and wanting uh-huh. it to end, but it would have been nice to have that surprise. Especially when, especially, I'm just going to come out and say it, especially the first yeah. time five minutes into the movie, the lady is walking with a baby carriage. I immediately yeah. knew yep. what was going down. Oh yeah, I was me like, too. oh, if I yeah. didn't see the poster, I wouldn't think twice. And, yeah, and the lady keeps popping up throughout the movie. I- and she has such a distinct way of talking. They're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the baby. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but this journalist, uh, I mean, I would, Kate, IMDb doesn't, I mean, it's given us nothing in terms of character names yeah. or ca- they have cast members, but that's it. I, know, I was trying to remember. Oh, it's Jean Michelson. Hi. I'm Jean. Oh, oh, Jean Michaelson. Yeah. She's, 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 you know, they try and paint a picture of her. Like she's recently divorced or in the process of getting divorced. So she's like, she's over 30 living in like a hip loft. She's having wild punk parties. She's sleeping with the, the bassist of a punk band. The guitarist, um, really, you know, if we can really be honest. She's sewing her. But oh, he sorry, calls yeah. himself the bassist, but the only he does the only camera shot we see is him playing a guitar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Huge lies. I think they added they must have added the actor to the real life band. Yes, I think. So he just like picked up whatever right. instrument. They're probably like available. so possessive of the you know, of keeping the core of the band together, they just they made him play the guitar. <laughs> yeah. It made him stand in the back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Not on the platform <laughs> with the with the band. The nuns. The real band so yeah, the real band is called the Nuns, but in the in the movie they're called Disease, spelled D Z S. Right, and it's also confusing because there's also a a new hip drug on the scene with the same name, D Z S, Disease. 
uh, which I felt like they could have had separate names. It Definitely was a weird. Um, especially because it didn't mean did anything the... in the end. <laughs> Dale, I didn't like this movie. I'm just going to come out and say it. Did not enjoy it. I think if I, yeah, I, except for the last the, two, the minutes. last two minutes, I loved. I was, it was like the last two minutes was, might've been the greatest things we've watched so far. The last two minutes of an otherwise movie that sure. I hated. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry to say that. Yeah. Makers of this movie. And you know, and, it, and, but I think what we've proven on this show is that it's not, it has nothing to do with budget or constraints because we watched video mm-hmm. violence a few weeks ago. Similar setup shot on video, just people kind of like figuring it out with their small means. And that movie, I had a black, like it was much more enjoyable. Um, And and here's what I will say about Night Feeder. I, I really, really liked what they were trying to accomplish. I really liked the ambition and the story they were trying to tell. I loved that mm-hmm. they were doing this murder mystery and it was a little sci-fi-ish because, you know, everybody that was dying was getting their brain liquefied and sucked out of their eyeball. And the the effects yeah. that they were trying to pull off, all shot on video. I I loved it, but the execution was just, it's almost like we were reading um, a table read of the movie. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Like we were watching. Yeah. The conversations were just so. Yeah. The it conversations just, it were was, long, man. They were long. And exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> they were. There was a lot of. like, and the, and the number of takes. There was a lot of dialogue they had to memorize for each scene yeah. with no breaks. You know, with no cuts. Yeah. Bless those actors. I mean, they, you know. yeah. I, I feel like a lot of the actors, like they were probably like you know, real, especially like the main characters, like they were real actors. Mm -hmm. They were like doing their awe, but, but it was tough. It was tough material. I feel like (laughs) to, for them to pull off. Yeah. She had her work cut out for her because she almost was carrying the, the movie in terms of they really tried the, 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 the filmmakers really tried to make this movie about this woman who was over 30, which, which sounds like a living hell for her. She's a, a divorced and over 30, and she is just trying to find her place yeah. in this world. And they really threw only through dialogue did they make it did they make her try to express this and try to relay that to the audience. And it was tough, yeah, because it was mostly her just like uh sighing and guffawing and like whimpering, but all the while saying just gobs and gobs of dialogue. All while trying to help solve this murder mystery in only her neighborhood. It didn't make her sympathetic. It made her, it made her feel like, like you just like, we're hearing every thought in her head and it just made her unlikable because like, she was just like, you know, talking about everything yeah yeah (laughs) you're right and it's unlikable only right because she had no monologue it was just she was saying everything almost like reading like a wordy comic you know what i mean but at least with the Mm -hmm. wordy comics or you know um some of the comics of a certain time period where all their inner monologue was on the page 
it was similar with this, yeah, exactly. but you know, all her yeah. inner monologue was outer monologue and it, talking to one of three yeah. other people about. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and, and it, the other frustrating thing was because of the cool effects, you know, that you see at the end. And there's a few other scenes that were cool. Like they could have, they could have had a better drip feeding of what the monster was. I think throughout it. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Instead of trying to hold on to this mystery for this shocking scene, I think it, it would have, it would have been it better. It would have broken it up and made it seemed, I think, yeah. paced better. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because all. And he could have still done like a red herring with the, the bum who was killing people. And oh yeah. Oh, was that the red herring that you were going to ask me about? Franken the Frankenstein creep. The bum who was, yeah, yeah. His face I think they said it might have been burnt up in in not in the nom, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, from Agent Orange. Um, but yeah, there's this like bum creeping around the whole movie, and music plays every time he's in the background. And he definitely seems like he wants to murder somebody because he carries that sharp knife. He wants to yeah. kill Gene Michelson. And between her and the the weight of this uh, the t- t- the one detective on the police force that's assigned to this case. Uh, you know, they have a lot of back and forth and he's, tr- he's like typical detective, um, but he's also attracted to this Gene Michelson who is trying to find her way. And then there's, uh, you know, there's a whole scene where she is like catching up or having wine with her ex-husband and the ex-husband is begging to bring her back, you know, be- begging to c- get back with her. and. I, they just needed another victim, I think. I mean, that he was useless yeah. for... The only thing he served was to just prove that she did right by getting divorced, I guess, because, you know, in the end, he didn't really pay attention or respect her as a person. How about the... Um, I love focusing on the stupid stuff they throw in movies that horrify mm-hmm. me. How about her ex-husband, when he comes over to, like, talk to her, before he rings the bell, he's at the front door with a Ziploc bag and a toothbrush and he's brushing his teeth like right on her front stoop. And then he puts the toothbrush in the bag and he just sticks in his front pocket, go down the stairs and put it in your glove box. Idiot. Like what? Just do it. What if she, what if she wants to uh, (laughs) stick her hand in your pocket and start playing with your playing with you? Like, ew. Did you bring your toothbrush? Yeah. Like she's going to, yeah, she's going to have like make, she has to share room in that with your huge toothbrush and Ziploc bag full of... It was disgusting. It was disgusting, Chuck. Just knocked another half star off my review by bringing that back up. <laughs> oh, so, God. some positives. The good effect of the corner slash person who figures everything out by just using his eyes and his words. Um... He uh-huh. uh, peels back like a person's face and head so he can get to the brain pan. Oh. Or the, you know, that was pretty cool effect. Down here, you have the cerebellum and the brainstem also intact. What's missing is all the soft tissue that makes up the cerebrum. That's the whole main part of the brain. The brain parenchyma. About 
900 grams. Of it. And it was like half the movie. <laughs> that scene, too. Every scene was half the movie, <laughs> Chuck. Every scene was half the movie. Yeah. It was... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like this whole thing, like the, the detective character, like he had it out for this band from the beginning because they had some history of, there was like three girls died, <laughs> OD'd on their their personal drug called disease, yeah. also the name of the band. <laughs> right. But no, um, so he had it out right, from them. Right. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> he had it out they shouldn't be implicated yeah. in any of this for some reason, even though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Typical police shit. Um, how about the detective's hair too? They like gave him like gray hair um, yeah, but- that just didn't, he, and he was like, he was what, like 22 trying to play like 40. Yeah, with his like, uh, it was pretty funny. He he sounded like uh, I don't know what he, he sounded like. They sound like Boner from Growing Pains, like this <laughs> yeah. weird New York he accent. He was like, yeah, he was like dropping his voice down like an, an octave. To like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. He was. It was too much. Should have just played himself. Um. Yeah, yeah. So there's this whole thing, and yeah, that weirdo guy in the band who i didn't know what he did like he i don't was that supposed to be another red herring i think yeah was he like supposed to be killing people and and you know to to bring it back to the near the beginning uh slash half of the movie scene um when gene michelson has this party in her loft and invites so none of these people she knows it's just the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. literally i thought half those people at that party were were undead because of the disease drug they were on (laughs) they looked like sickly zombies did they not like some of them looked like weird and powder white and had like lines on their Mm -hmm. face and apparently that's just how they look in this neighborhood I was freaked yeah. out by, I was like, oh, this is where we're, we're going to dig in. I thought we were going to ex- mm-hmm. expose something in this, this, this crazy party that should have been shut down by the police hours ago. Yes. Not to mention the guy who thought it was okay to bring his giant python to the party. I, this is walking how, around. How punishing <laughs> for this python? You think that python wants to be there? All no, that loud noise that and that loud people? music? No way. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Uh, just another day I in the Bay. Party. Just another n- party in the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there's this whole subplot. She's br- dating Brian Soulfield, and he's just like, he's just a jerk yeah. Yeah. to everyone. He is. I mean, he's not likable at all. He's mean to people. He goes on a trip, and when he comes back, he like, basically breaks up with her and introduces her to her, her new his new girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Like, like he brings her into her apartment. That's right. <laughs> Breaks up with her, and that while his new girlfriend is standing behind him. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, what a scene. Have a little yeah, tact. What a scene, man. This this guy, Brian. But uh, uh, you know, he and then but then then he has true hurt feelings right before you know he like takes a walk on the railroad tracks. He is like completely <laughs> hurt for some reason about Gene oh, Michelson's right. behavior. Yeah. And his like bandmate <laughs> basically like gets his girlfriend hooked on drugs, right? He's like Yeah. 
I th- yeah, I, I got a little lost there. I was probably like kind of yeah, tuning out because you're bit. realizing there's still an hour left in the movie. No matter what time, <laughs> no matter what point you pause this movie, there's still an hour left of the movie. Oh yeah, it's eternal. It was, it was a it was a long long trip. It was an odyssey. Ooh, it's a video nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dirk Field. Dirk Feelgood, you you've hit the nail on the head. Um, mm-hmm. Dirk Feelgood, if this if you could put into words how long this movie felt like how would you say it flipping heck it's a video nasty yeah that means it's it felt felt like two and a half hour movie dirk so that community meeting so like the detective has like a community meeting with like citizens and like the press um to update everyone on their serial killer investigation or whatever it's long trench and it's just mayhem uh, you have the one guy who like is super proud that he came up. He's like, I'm calling him the creeper. That's what I'm calling him. He's the creeper. And he keeps saying it over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the news and the news <laughs> camera is like, like knee level. Yeah. Inches yeah. from his face. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a French guy who we see earlier in the movie too. She, he's like one of the guys, Gene Michelson interviews, like. While he's working on his car or something. There's a French guy there and there's an English guy there. Yeah, the English guy is, um, uh, you know, is, he's with round glasses. So, you know, he's like cultured yeah. and uh, <laughs> academic. Well, I want to know how she thinks she's helping the situation by grabbing people on the street, scaring them half to death, spreading all these rumors all over the country. Maybe the police will be speaking to her. Watch out. It's a video nasty. That's what the, that's what he said in the, um, the, the community meeting. <laughs> he looks around all yeah. wide-eyed. I don't know. I think I'm all out of scenes uh, uh, until we get to the, uh, you know, the big showdown. I think we are too. So you mentioned, you know, uh, the five O and Gene Michelson consummating their flirty relationship, and then, uh, you know, she has this weird, weird dream that must have been, you know, a nightmare to edit in this type of shot on video situation oh, yeah. and she like hightails it out of the apartment and leaves him sleeping on the bed and and uh basically just goes like margot kidder screaming through the neighborhood she's just screaming through a neighborhood <laughs> and knocking on doors that's all i remember from this and uh she you know knocks on the the blonde mom who has been popping up in you know every other scene every hour into the movie and uh She's like Gene Michelson is just legit freaking out for the 10th time in in the movie. She's just like all she's got to be exhausted from being this emotional on camera. Uh, And she's crying. She says she needs to use the phone. Um, And, you know, the the blonde mom is talking to her. I don't even know what they say to each other. But, you know, add add (laughs) to the cacophony of Gene Michelson screaming in this weirdly (laughs) weird apartment. That's not an apartment. And a baby, there's like a baby screaming in the background the whole time because, you know, she has a baby. She's walking around the baby carriage and she's carrying a baby covered in blankets all the time. (laughs) It was very Wizard of Oz. The baby was like (laughs) behind a curtain and Gene Michelson kept like (laughs) 
in pauses between her crying, she's like, is your baby okay? Do you need to do something? And the, the mom is just like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> she's like, it's fine. Don't worry yeah, about Yeah, she's like it. sleeper cell Russian accent, like <laughs> undercover. Her accent, I wished that, that Jean Michelson and her had switched roles because I enjoyed listening to her weird yeah. delivery like way more than Jean Michelson she, character. She went to the uh, Leah Thompson and Tales from the Crypt school of <laughs> yeah. Film acting. <laughs> oh God. Um but uh oh yeah, so mom she gets out a um what do you call it? The yeah, zapper. Taser. What do you call those? A body a taser. taser. <laughs> she locks the door so you already know something's yeah. up. Yeah. Something's happening. And she goes after Gene Michelson with a taser. And then this starts a what feels like a ten minute kind of apartment fight scene where they're like knocking everything over and screaming at each other. I like, mean, the choreography <laughs> in this fight scene, I'm just like, just zap any part of her body. Just take the <laughs> taser know, and please. shove it somewhere, please. Like, there's yeah. no way you can be deflected this many times with it. With Can the taser just make contact on yeah, anyone, right. please? Terrible. And, and during this time... Mom starts flashing back to when she was, a, you know, a pregnant mother. During this conversation, yes. all of a sudden, mom is a, a player in the game, right? She is having, yeah. you know, she's listening to Gene Michelson and the airing of the grievances. And she she can't concentrate on this conversation long enough. She just thinks about her time in a mental hospital where she was experimented on and she was pregnant and they injected her with disease. Yes. Again, that disease. Back again. And you know it was because the wall-mounted drug injector had a Brother P-Touch label on it that said disease. Like, it's not even the clinical name for the drug. It's just DZS. Yep. That's what the hospital calls it too. Look, it's it's what we right. needed to finish yeah. out the scene. So, um, yeah, that was unexpected. All that flashback for the mom character yeah. was not an integral character up until the, these last few minutes. Um, but man, whoo! Uh, and I, I guess eventually Gene Michelson overpowers yeah. the mom. Um, but her leg is wounded. Like she's got it's a bad, bad like bad, gash, bad gash. and she can't like, yeah, she can't like stand up. So she's like, she's like, you know, slithering all over this disgusting, <laughs> like you said, this apartment, like it looked like a basement that they dressed as an apartment yeah. or something, or maybe it was like a, like some sort of industrial building. Right. <laughs> it was disgusting. Like that floor, oh, she was God. on that floor. Like I realized they made a mess, but even like the first scene when she walked in there before they messed everything up, I was like, this apartment yeah. is disgusting. That baby should not. Oh, be oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you can tell that it's like concrete floor with indoor outdoor carpet just laying on top. It is not, yeah. there's nothing yeah. about this that says residential Mm-mm. at all. There's no, like carpet wall. There's like yeah. rugs hanging on clotheslines for walls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like 12 carpets on the floor. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And debris. Just crazy mismatched. Yeah. <laughs> and debris. That's what was disgusting me. Yeah. Because she like had her 
gashed open leg and she was like crawling all over yeah. the ground. Yeah. It's like, oh God, that's getting infected. Oh yeah, no matter what. It's <laughs> you know, she's gonna start getting a fever any um, second because the infection is set in. It's fast. Uh so, but she's not the only one, Dale, that's crawling around this floor, right? That's right. Uh over over so mom is overpowered, subdued, not either knocked out or dead. But uh, you know, baby's not crying anymore. And you hear mm, the uh interesting. you all of a sudden you hear the slurping sound that the killer makes. <laughs> I mean and all you see in the beginning so is like the straw, the uh, organic straw of the tip. Ugh. And then you hear the slurping sound and you, you just hear the mom's legs like behind a disgusting couch or something. Ugh. And this, this thing, this tubular thing that you see, it looks like either like a, uh, like a swan's penis or like... Right. <laughs> It looks like, or it looks like a curled up thing of poo because it's like yeah. brown. It's like poo brown. Yeah, it's it's, it's gross. gross. And Gene Michelson is, you know, leaning against some other disgusting thing in the house. And so <laughs> the grand finale, the grand reveal, is this baby. Yeah. Uh huh. Who? I mean, it is the greatest payoff. <laughs> It's great. It's, it's great. Amazing. There's no way we can describe how yeah. awesome it is. But we'll I mean yeah. we'll try, but like if you if you see not just watch the last yeah. 2 minutes. Yeah, like, you're right. To see this awesome We just told you the rest of the movie. Together. You don't need to worry about it. Yeah. Watch no, the last 2 minutes and the you'll you know the movie poster isn't does not even do it justice, but it is the most I mean it is I, I keep saying it is, it is. I'm just repeating myself. <laughs> it's uh, in simplest terms. It's a baby. It's a deformed, grotesque shape of a baby. But every, mm -hmm. every bit of budget went into the making of this baby with like old man's hair, Old man's hair that's mostly bald, but it's like long and wispy on the back yeah. back of it, and <laughs> it has a tail. Ugh. And it's, I mean, it is just, it's disgusting. Like it has feet, but the feet are like turned backwards. Yeah, pointing. Like, up. I remember the limbs being like strangely shaped, like too big for yeah. its body. Yeah, yeah, almost. and his know. and his arms are. Yeah, his arms are And it's like it's like a it's like a rubber puppet. Like it's clearly a puppet and there's like a guy's hand in there and they like <laughs> they partially have it covered all the time by a blanket. Right. <laughs> Cuz um, there's like somebody like But it's it's still Yeah, <laughs> yeah like it's obviously what what you're it's obvious what you're looking at but oh, it's man. still like It really is. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then you do a close up on the baby's face and the eyes blink. Ugh. Ugh. And no, so, baby, you. just see this scene so you could see the baby start to shamble towards Gene Michelson. And, of course, Gene Michelson's goddamn leg wound prevents her from moving or defending herself in any way. Yep. And then you get, you know, your agnostic ending where baby's, like, inches away, screen fades to black. Yeah. With that 
thing. So, yeah, and this thing. That, that swan dick going f- towards her Yeah, eye. swan. So, yes, swan. Yeah. That's funny, Chuck. That's the second time this week. It's there's, like a corkscrew, There's right? been a reference to. Yeah, someone brought yeah, that up, in right? Our, in our paper keg slack. Recently, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's permanently stuck out, out of the baby's mouth, which is, pres- you know, which is what he yeah. uses to, sl- it uses to slurp. Slurp, slurp brain, brain liquefy and slurp brain matter i mean it is wild oh yeah liquefies the brain yeah. first right and then slurps it out yeah. absolutely wild oh i feel like we just had a baby I, i'm exhausted yeah like i that. the problem yeah. is you know when you have the baby you're exhausted from going through that and i'm not even a yeah. mother but a father that was yeah. there but then you got to start taking care of the baby immediately. You know, you're just exhausted and oh, now wow. now you're about to be taxed dull time. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, we just we just birthed the child, Chuck, just getting it out, just trying to get yeah. it out. And it's trying to suck our brains out through our eyes now. So we got to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. So that was uh it's a video nasty, isn't it? That's right. That's right, Dirk. <laughs> Thank you, Dirk. That was Night Feeder. Um, and it's not available to stream anywhere, I, I uh, but you can get mm-hmm. the disc. It's a Bleeding Skull video, which is a very cool, I don't know what they are. I, I think they're like a collective or something, like a loose mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, they teamed up with Mondo to put out a few movies, and Night Feeder is one of those. Um, I think all their releases are shot on video. Uh, yeah the there was a there was a limited edition vhs that came out it's out you know you can't get that anymore but house that was sweet yeah that was yeah that's cool but yeah i want to check out the other ones they released there's some trailers on this disc for um blonde death and some other movies that look really cool yeah um yeah wow night feeder what a journey that was i'm spent Pod at gmail.com is how you can send us an email, you send us a voice memo, you could send us a, you know, a cameo to there if you want, you know, Kristen Bell to uh, read a message to Bat and Spider, who knows? <laughs> uh, we also have a, a phone number if you want to just straight, straight call and leave us a voicemail. It's uh, 315-544-0900. Six six, and uh, first up is email from our technical advisor and uh, host of the seventy millimeter podcast, Slim. And it reads, "Dear Chuck and Dale, I'm glad you both made it home safely after recording Orca outdoors." Hopefully, not too much seagull puke dropped on the both of your heads. Yeah, it was. I mean, those fishing villages in Newfoundland teeming with uh, seabirds and their and their pip. Yeah, I I rented when we got into town. I rented some overalls um, from like a local fisher shop because I knew I was going to be covered in whatever you know whatever you get covered. A lot in of there. Uh, legionnaires running around like that. Newfoundland. <laughs> My question. Who'll be the first guest on the BNS Bands for Short podcast? Crip Keep voice actor, whoever that is, John the alleged master of horror, Carpenter, 
or the old man breast-eating oh, baby man. on the cover of Night Feeder? <laughs> thanks. I'll hang up and uh, wait for your answer. Slim, thanks for your call. We appreciate that voicemail. Thank you, Slim. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Technical Advisor Slim, we have a list of uh, um, guest hosts that we would like to have on. And I think we know who our first guest host is. But, you know, we're going to keep that close to the chest because... You know, we yeah. don't know how we're going to play it yet. It could be a surprise. It could be something we want to build up to. You know, it, we're getting there. We wanted yeah. to make sure that uh, Chuck yeah. and I, you know, we had this in in the in our pocket before we started uh, branching out. Yeah, we want to we want to make sure that the the what the show is is big, you know is somewhat solidified, yeah. and we uh, you know we're comfortable before we we start bringing in strangers. Um, you know, and you know that's. Uh, how, how, any professional operation yeah, should run. Yeah, you want to get some in the can before you start, you know, having guest hosts come in and overshadowing the host, yeah. you know. I don't think my fragile yeah, yeah, ego yeah. could handle <laughs> no. that. And I don't want you, I don't want you having to edit more than <laughs> two people. That's that's shocking. Oh, by the way, I edited, uh, I'm, I, Dale called yeah. me up last week, um, to the big leagues and i edited the main show for the first time that orca episode hopefully it sounded okay i don't know if you listened dale i don't know if you listened to it but i think i did okay i didn't uh i didn't get to listen yet i it didn't hear anything from technical advisor slim and he's pretty good about jumping on things if he were to uh yeah i was waiting for those uh, an email to yeah. come in from slim. um but yeah i i am super appreciative of that chuck you know it's just some some weeks some people have their weeks yeah it's it's a lot of work, you know? So, so yeah. So, uh, you know, adding a third person, man. Whew. Yeah, right? I mean, can you imagine? It took me nine days yeah. to edit the first episode. So, you <laughs> exactly. want to add one yeah. more voice to this? <laughs> yeah. If it's not our friend uh, Dirk's voice. Bloody Nora. Is there right proper video nasty? That's how I would feel about oh. editing. So, God, it makes me feel so good inside. An angry thunderbolt of terror explodes out of the ocean depths. Orca, the killer whale, destroys sharks, ships, and men. He rules the ocean. He terrifies the earth. He is without mercy and without equal. Orca, the most powerful, the most fantastic animal in all the world. Opening in July at a theater near you. That's right. Dino De Laurentiis presents Orca with Richard Harris and Charlotte Ramping. Guys, great episode. Do you remember that comic book ad for Orca? Like, was the greatest comic book ad ever as a kid. Like, it is the most dramatic image. There's this giant killer effing whale smashing through a boat. There's a man in midair with a harpoon. There's another guy on the boat with, like, a <laughs> noose or something. There's fire, flaming, sunset. I don't even know. It's it really captured my imagination as a kid, and uh, I was stoked when you guys just pulled that uh, pulled that movie out of the out of the blue there to review. Anyway, more to talk about on the pod. This is Corey, by the way. I missed calling you guys last week. I'm so glad you got my package. Hope you enjoyed the books. And um, I was listening to. Uh, oh, let me just back up a second and congratulations on a groundbreaking 11th episode recorded on location. I was really impressed. Uh, but anyway, uh, while listening to the awesome Metal Orca 
sounds reminded me of the metal band Hatebeak. I don't know if you remember them. It is the only metal band to have a parrot as a lead singer. Hatebeak. Chuck, do you know anything about this? Look them up. Uh, I think you guys really dig it. And I am feeling really inspired maybe to do a um, Metal Orca illustration of some sort. I think there maybe should be some kind of contest or something for this mascot. Let's work on that. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, guys. Looking forward to the next episode, especially the next Tales from the Crypt with M. Emmett Walsh. That dude sweats. Boy, he's a sweaty guy, but not as sweaty as Harry Dean Stanton, who might be my favorite sweatiest actor of all time. He was never in a Tales from the Crypt, I don't believe. All right. Take care, gentlemen. Well, Corey. Corey. Listener Corey. Thank you. Uh, Corey first nailing. Yes. M.M. at Walsh. Walsh is a sweaty guy, man. That dude sweats. Mm-hmm. And I would have never even thought to bring that up. But our boy Corey. Yes. He's a. Uh, Thank you for bringing that up because we didn't definitely yeah. didn't bring it up on the uh, Tales from the Kipped episode that was already recorded. Yeah, I don't know if he sweat in that episode, but I d- I watched Blood Simple recently and he's a big character in that. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he's sitting in his VW Beetle, ta- having a meeting with the guy, and he the sweat is just dripping. Oh off God, his nose. it's wow. Yeah, there's no AC it's, in and it's VW in like Texas. Beetle. Oh my God. Oof. Um, also, uh, um, Corey, Corey did a fantastic effing illustration of Metal Orca. Yeah. I mean, it's the greatest How's that thing. feel, Dale? It's, it feels, feel? it's just like the greatest thing ever that it happened to me, <laughs> maybe us, um, to take this Well, concept. Metal Orca's all you. <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, it was, Corey, I was, I'm very humbled. Humbled. <laughs> As the uh, Iron Sheik would say, um, yeah, it's, it's so badass to have that, uh, you know, a character come to life like that. And uh, the way he described the back of that comic, he even sh- he even went long box noodling, as I call it, and dug up one of the comics with the with the uh, poster on the back. I am obsessed with that poster. Um, uh, it's such a good poster. Yeah, Chuck found me a um, you know, an OG 1977 poster of Orca on eBay, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's so bizarre to look at because yeah, Corey. I mean, the imagery of it is fantastic to look at, but it almost seems like the back or like a, the dust jacket of a book. It doesn't seem movie posterish in any way. Totally. But that's what it is. It's a movie poster. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, back in those days, they used to do, you know, they would sell movies, you know, they would work up an image before the movie's even shot and use that to raise money. And, you know, and since this was a book, I wonder if it was just like it, that image, that poster mm-hmm. was worked up even before they made the movie. Cause it kind of doesn't, you know, that stuff doesn't happen in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the amount sure. of carnage he's he's causing in that scene <laughs> they, they couldn't really get on film. Yeah, not with uh not with Richard Harris uh, sharing screen time with his Danny Bonaduce hair. <laughs> his hair. Um, but yeah, I mean, comic book movie ads. There. Thanks for bringing that up, Corey, because I'm sure that will be a theme. Um, in other episodes, depending on what movies we do, because mm-hmm. they're you know. There are certain movies where those ads in the comics are just oh yeah, you know, 
imprinted on my brain. Mm-hmm. We got uh, any other uh, emails there or voicemails? Yep. We got the uh, last one coming in hot as we were recording. Hey there, Bat and Spider Pod. He's peeing. It's your old pal calling you from the shower. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Tim, He's in the shower. You, you dirt, dirty man. Thank you for reviewing <laughs> the movie Blood Beat. What a crazy psycho movie that was. I love a good Christmas movie about a family who comes together to psychic battle one another <laughs> and try to defeat the soul of an ancient samurai warrior who psychically attached himself to the body of a sexually charged young woman. Man, this movie's just like the friggin' Shining. You know, it doesn't tell you anything. It just says, hold on, baby. We're flying down the highway at 90 miles an hour in a red Bronco, and we're hitting that jump, and we're flying through the air. We're flying, baby. Tim. I love your podcast. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. Amazing. Thank you, Tim. Did he, did he say his name? <laughs> No, he didn't say his name, but that's Tim O'Thief, a uh, notorious, notorious Tim O'Thief. Thank you for taking carving out some time. You know, mm-hmm. you, some people have shower beers. Tim has shower voicemails for Bat and Spider, and uh, but Bat and Spider. We're big, you know, we're big fans of Tim on this show. So to have him call in, oh yeah, um, and especially after he delivered the golden um, videotape that is Bloodbeat upon our doorstep. Mm-hmm. Um, just an honor to have him call in and from the even even from the shower wherever it's, it's amazing uh god does he have his phone in a plastic bag or something how is he doing that yeah yeah he probably is does. that just can you just do that with your phone nowadays am i just living in the past dale certain phones you can i know um but you wow. know i'm not we're, we're not gonna guess tim's situation <laughs> right who now. knows who knows but uh, yeah, if you're ever in the shower or anywhere else you want to call us, uh, yeah. 315-544-0966. Or uh, yeah, as Chuck said, uh, email us from the toity, batandspiderpod at gmail.com and just leave leave it all in. <laughs> leave it all in. Gosh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. My God. What a sweet, sweet um, episode this week, huh? I mean. Yeah friendship in the end overpowers brain sucking drug addled baby freaks (laughs) i feel kind of bad i i hope we weren't too hard on the movie yeah Um, you know as an artist myself i know how shitty it is to have people put your stuff down um you know that's part of it that's just part of making art you know i realize that uh, but I, I hope we weren't, I hope we didn't come off as vindictive because it wasn't that we, we, on this show, we want every movie to succeed. Yeah. You know, we're rooting every time I put a movie on, I'm rooting for it. Um, and you know what? This still had that scene at the end, that baby and that autopsy scene. Uh, yeah, I was, you can't take that back. You can't those take are, that back in it. Those are, it redeems everything, redeems everything else. Yeah. Uh, that ails it and yes um yeah chuck i mean it's it's all you know digitally archived now it's real it's it's you know i wonder if the nuns are still a band did you notice <laughs> i noticed in the end credits because I, I think i watched all the credits oh, yeah, i know i think i know what you're about to say it said it said the nuns like the nuns and 
the the name of the band was created by so and so and he he owns all the rights like it was yeah. like i feel like he was like he agreed to be in the movie but he was like after they shot it and like before the release he got like really concerned about the rights and he was like oh no i'm going to lose the i'm going to lose the rights to the nun's band name i need to make sure that they put in the credits that it's mine uh-huh. and mine alone not these other guys in the band yep <laughs> i thought it was it was funny. Yeah, it was um I I hit their Wikipedia after this movie and they were present up until the 2000s off and on from 75 to the wow. mid 2000s, but the, yeah, like I it, no the um the verbiage in the movie was very much like um Jeff Lynn's ELO. Like there was definitely totally. some you know f- squabbles over who was uh, the founding members of the nuns and who was getting their slice of the pie kind of thing. Yeah. Do you think the when the band saw that they 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 just quit when they saw those credits? Like you Yeah, son yeah, yeah. Of right. Like uh yeah. I thought this was a democracy. Jeff O'Lenner. Jeff O'Lenner. And uh, J- the other uh, founding member was Jennifer Miro. So that was our spiel on uh our fan favorite the nuns. <laughs> and that was episode 12 of bat and spider amazing um whose turn is it to uh pick uh i was going to say this um at the at the top of the show i am so relieved yeah. when it's not my week to pick <laughs> i just ha- there's like this weight off my shoulders oh <laughs> I, I and you know i i know we get through it and i'll pick i'll happily pick but it just feels like it's freeing after not having to pick, you know? I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. It's your turn. <laughs> um, I do. I'm definitely, I'm like that, like in person. Like if I have to pick the movie that like oh my. the group of friends is going to see uh-huh. or that we're going to watch. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, it is too much. Like I just get, I get sweaty thinking about the time I made all my friends go see um, Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> and it was like a disaster. <laughs> Everyone hated it. It was like, I don't know. There was like six of us there, oh, eight of us. You dirtbag! And everyone was just so bummed out. And I was like, "Man, like I still get shivers like thinking about that memory." Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm right there with you, Dale. Um. So again, I think I'm going off list. Do it. Oh, I, I love off list. Um, love yeah. off list. I came upon a, this movie title. I forget exactly where. Um. But it's. I am drawn to it because I want to go back to Giallo. So I picked this movie called All the Colors of the Dark, directed by Sergio Martino from 1972. Uh, in Italian, it's Tutti i Colori del Bio. I can't say it. Buio. Buio. Tutti i Colori del Buio. But visually, I think this is going to be a treat. Uh, from what I know about this, um, uh, I think we're in for a real feast of color and crazy lenses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Camera lenses, that is. Yes. Um, yeah. And this one is available on Shudder. Um, and maybe Amazon Prime. I'm not sure. But definitely Shudder. Um, and you can rent it anywhere, basically. A woman movies. tormented by frightening nightmares decides to join in with satanic rituals out of fear 
that a man is trying to kill her, but the sinister ceremony seems to bring her nightmares to life. Mm. Yes, please. <laughs> I can't wait to dip back into giallo. Yeah, this is this is my steez right here, man. Yeah, beautiful. bring me to early 70s Italy. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, this is going to be gold, Chuck. I like it. I'm appreciative that you went off list, and I am excited for all the colors of the dark. This review calls it a psychosexual satanic panic. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that word psychosexual. Anytime I see that in a movie description, it's it goes on my watch list. This might be the first watch uh, movie I need to watch that refers to a psychosexual. <laughs> It's a pretty it's a pretty broad term. It covers a lot. But but yeah. Uh oh yeah. So yeah, Dale, man, I can't wait to do this again next week. Yeah. Um so please watch along. Send us uh your voicemails if if you've seen all the colors in the dark. What, what what's your take on this this gem? If, yeah. If, if even if it is a gem, could be a bomb. I don't know. All right. There's a uh demon babies after the satanic ritual sets a sucker <laughs> liquefy and suck brains out at the end who knows but uh i know i know this much will be a fortunate in the end because of it yeah totally so until next time folks uh if you are celebrating a holiday this coming weekend enjoy it we will see you on the flip side take care everybody love you Love you. Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com.